0: Hello and welcome, this is Pepin from Pepin Reacts, and today here we have another, not reaction, but discussion of Breaking Bad Season 1 Episode 3. What happened? Well we had our reaction, but my hard drive got messed up and destroyed those reactions so they no longer exist. Now currently we're up to Season 3 Episode 1 of the series. Uh, I haven't seen the series all the way through, Meter has, but this discussion is going to be a spoiler-free space discussion. So if you haven't seen the show, hopefully we don't spoil anything. You can be just watch this with us and it'll be great. Uh it's we, we felt it important to kind of include the discussions with this because you know we want the completeness here because you get our opinions after like the season one, episode six, you're gonna be like, oh okay. You know, we don't have context. So this is going to give you context. And also, there's just so much that happens in these early episodes that I think are very important to discuss. This here is my best friend, Meter. Meter, how you doing? I'm here, too. That's a sketch phrase, by the way. If you don't remember that, you know, it's okay because uh, I forgot it once before.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. No, season season one,
0: episode three. You you ready to, to start talking about it? Yep, yeah, Yep. Yeah. Now we're pulling from BreakingBad.Fandom.com as inspiration. We're just gonna go through each act essentially and give mild discussion. Uh, you know, interjecting where it, it's important. So let's get into this. It opens on Walt and Jesse cleaning up uh, Emilio, who's like all over the
1: floor. Um, and while this is happening, there's also flashbacks of Walt um, back in his days as a graduate student, and he's talking with a female lab partner uh, after analyzing some the human body's chemical composition, they discover that it's only 99% of the body's makeup chemically is accounted for. So Walt muses that there has to be more to a human being than that. Uh, and then back in the present, Walt flushes a bucket full of a human body down the toilet. And this is, uh, they they kind of skip this here, but the the female lab partner says like, well, what about the soul? And Walt kind of laughs like, obviously that's absurd and then like looks at her and then she's like gives a very serious look like she's not joking and then he's like yeah maybe so there there's a there's definitely and I know we
0: talked about there being some um sexual tension here mm. as well it, yeah yeah and this is Walt when he was much younger it looked like and the lady also seemed a bit younger too but to me there's definitely some sexual tension there and it, it's kind of describing a couple of things like number 1 it's it's sh- you know, Walt has this kind of uh, materialistic viewpoint, which I think is ultimately correct. But he's kind of taking the soul out of things. And, you know, it's like everything is just chemistry. And in a way, we're kind of seeing the result of that. Everything is just chemistry. Literally, just this person is now contained in a bucket as like mm. a globity gloop. But at the same time, there's the
1: 1% of, that, of him that's missing. There's, that's not a person that he's cleaning up. You know mm-hmm. what I mean, and uh, I think yeah. that's that's kind of like the the mirror there. And on top of that, they're talking about chemistry the whole time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you have this sexual tension between you have this yep. literal
0: chemistry mm-hmm. between these two characters. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think a point I made during the scene was that Walt seemed far different because this is like we started the aggressive Walt, but this is like the the aspiring Walt, like mm-hmm. the Walt that's kind of takes the life by the balls and this kind of squeezes slightly. Like he, he is just all about this and he's so into what he's doing. It's, it's really interesting to watch. And the claim I made here with this episode was that this is the original Walt. This is Walt without the bullshit. Like this is how Walt, how he would want to be in this moment, Mm. talking about chemistry, you know, making awesome thoughts and ideas and having some awesome intellectual discussion with some other person, one of his peers. Mm.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's really really adept um so he flushes flushes bucketfuls of of Emilio down the toilet and then we flash to back at Walt's house uh, and Skyler and Walts son Jr are painting the baby room uh Skyler's sister Marie is kind of just watching um and Skyler's like really pregnant and up on a ladder and Marie's like shouldn't Walt be doing that and she's like yeah, you want to help and she's like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> and I just I always find that very funny. Um Junior's cell phone rings. It's Lewis, of course, the introduction of Lewis, who can forget? Mm. Um, and he leaves and then uh Skylar mentions that, you know, somebody's been been smoking marijuana. Um, she tells uh Marie that she's writing a story about a stoner character and asks her about pot and Marie assumes that that means uh, Walt Jr.'s smoking pot. Skylar insists it's just for a fictional character, but Marie's not buying it. She gets what's going on here, but she comes to the wrong conclusion. Um, then we're back at Jesse's house, and Jesse kind of sneaks into the bathroom, and he's smoking some meth to kind of deal with all of the shit that he's going through. Uh, meanwhile, in the basement, Crazy Eight, who's still shackled around the neck, uh, scares Walt by addressing him by his real name uh, and revealing personal details that Jesse had told him um, previously, and Walt gets really mad and confronts Jesse, uh, who's ref- who's high, doesn't let him in the bathroom. Walt kicks the door down. They <laughs> fight over the meth, and then Walt chucks it out the window, and then they're chasing each other, at- trying to get to the meth first, and Walt kind of has a coughing attack uh, while he's going down the stairs and barely recovers in time to uh, catch Jesse before Jesse drives off in his car, and Jesse's like, uh, you need to just like deal with your shit. Well it's like there's more shit we got to do. He's like, yeah, there is. There's more shit you got to do. Deal with the basement and drives off. Mhm. Uh and this is the this is another cuz this this episode very heavily features another of our favorite re- recurring characters and that's the toilet.
0: Yep. Yep. I mean, toilet is a boss. Uh it's maybe my favorite character if not second favorite it, it's a little hard to judge mm. but it gets a lot of screen time and I, I love it
1: yeah i i definitely i'm interested to see where they take the character moving forward uh but so far definitely one of the one of the highlights um get that guy an Emmy or whatever uh then uh marie calls hank and hank's like in the middle of a drug bus Uh, She convinces Hank that Junior's smoking pot and Hank needs to scare him straight. Hank originally is like, no, it's kind of Walt's job, isn't it? And Marie's like, yeah, but Walt's a pussy. And Hank's like, yeah, good point. So Hank takes Junior to, quote, the Crystal Palace, which is this uh, local roach motel um, that meth heads and prostitutes hang out at. And Hank warns Junior that pot is a gateway to heavy drugs and tries to prove his point by calling over... A disheveled prostitute named Wendy, who um, and shows Junior how meth has corroded her teeth. Um, Disgusted, Hank threatens to bust Wendy if he sees her working there again. And Wendy kind of stumbles off, goes into a hotel room where we see she's actually uh, meeting. She's actually there with Jesse, and they just start having sex.
0: Mm. Uh,
1: That whole scene is is wild. Mm. Where she's like, "Hey, I'm not sleeping with a kid."
0: There's something I want to cover there with Marie cuz we get the intro- introduction to Marie and Marie's definitely in, like a very interesting character. She's definitely someone like you might see in real life, right, you know. Yeah. Uh, pretty selfish and getting involved in things that she should not be involved in. Right? I mean or, or she she took it upon herself to imply what was being understood there and like, "Oh, well, Junior." And then she gets Hank to essentially, you know, go out and be a dad to Walt Jr. Yeah. And, you know, Hank says, I think up to this point, Hank has been like a kind of an asshole. Mm-hmm. And he still is an asshole here in this scene. But it's like he kind of like won a little bit of respect with me. when he's like, isn't this Walt's job? What, what am yeah. I doing this for?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she takes half information and then takes full measure actions on it. Uh, um, and that's very emblematic of of Murray uh, uh, to continue to to put herself in the middle of, of
0: situations to kind of make it about her in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember when Walt Jr. was in the, the car with Hank there at the uh the Roach Motel or whatever it was called. Yeah. Like uh Walt Jr.'s just like so confused about what's happening. <laughs> He's like I, th- I thought we we're going for ice cream. <laughs> <He's> that, like, <laughs> that is one of
1: my favorite lines. <laughs>
0: he's like, yeah, yeah, we will. Hold on. <laughs> and then he makes them a point. Is just like, Walter is like, oh, what was it? Like, uh, after he does the whole thing with the hooker or whatever, and this uh-huh. is just so confused. And Hanks is like, so uh, what do you think of that? He's just like, I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> he's like, pretty cool. It's like, no, that's the opposite
1: of what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Yeah, that that is, it's a very good scene because it kind of like nobody in that situation knows what the fuck is going on. Mm. Like everybody is coming from a different angle, and it just confuses every <laughs> everybody. Uh, it's super interesting.
0: I have been in those situations where, like when I was a kid, where someone would like try to have like a adult talk with me, mm. and. Like they, the adult had all these assumptions about what was going on, and I'm just like there, like I don't know what this conversation is about. I know what you're trying to imply, but I'm so confused.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, what well, brought this
1: on? And that's exactly where Junior was. Yeah. Um. So then we go to Walt. Uh, he's in Jesse's bathroom, sitting on our favorite character, jotting down the pros and cons of killing Crazy Eight. He has several arguments in support of clemency. Uh, while the sole entry in the kill him column is, he'll kill your entire family if you let him go. Um, so Walt calls Skylar to claim he's running late at the car wash, but learns she already knows he's been fired from that job, and Skylar says, wherever you are, stay there. Uh, and Walt does. He makes a sandwich for Crazy Eight, uh, and while he's walking down the stairs, he collapses on the basement floor, uh, and the plate shatters. Um... Walt comes back uh, to consciousness, tells Crazy Eight uh, that he has lung cancer. This is the first person he's ever told he has lung cancer. Mm. Uh, And he picks up all the plate shards, leaves to make another sandwich. But as he's going, um, once he gets back, he tries to get to know Crazy Eight, uh, who tells Walt doing so isn't going to make it any easier to kill him. Walt says, listen, I'm looking for any reason to spare you. They bond over some random local furniture store television on late night TV um, Walt kind of says that oh I bought my crib there and they both are kind of like yeah you didn't but we're gonna go with it because this is what we both want me to be have some sort of connection to you so I can be set free and then Walt tells crazy eight I haven't told my family about cancer crazy eight uh, deduces that Walt's cooking mess so he can leave money for his family and then crazy eight offers to write Walt a check and suggests he isn't cut out for murder um so Walt goes to get the bike lock to release mm. crazy eight
0: so, so I think there's a lot going on in this like mm. uh w- Walt trying to find any reason but that one reason like it somehow balances out all these others yeah and it, it's like like I can empathize a lot with Walt in this situation like not not that I'd ever want to be in that situation or put myself in that situation. But you can kind of understand where he's coming with this. And it makes perfect sense from his point of view. And he he is essentially trying to feel crazy out because he's trying to find that reason, trying to like get that little thing because that does happen from time to time. Maybe you wrong somebody, but you know, that person's rational and this is like, hey, you know, I don't want any business with you. I'll be out of your hair. Just, just. Forever to sweep me alone, and I'll just walk over this way, right? And that does happen occasionally. So Walt's trying to find that and trying to proof it out. And during that conversation with Crazy Eight, uh, he's just trying to like get an idea and see if Crazy Eight's gonna lie to him, trying to get his character and everything. And like he's putting feelers out there, but also trying to like uh, placate a little bit. I know he's trying to be friendly. It's it's such a interesting little thing there. And of course, there's the whole thing with the plate, you know, and uh, that, that'll come definitely a bit later on. Yeah, I mean, that's right now. But I definitely agree. You know, he
1: him he is trying to literally find any reason. He finds like a half reason and then Crazy Eight's like, well, no, that couldn't even be true. And Walt's like, no, nope, it's definitely true. And like kind of dismisses the facts that are against this connection in favor of like wanting to believe. So he's like forcing... Mm. A truth that isn't really there. He's lying to himself to to make himself feel better. Exact, pretty much.
0: Yeah, it's also super interesting. He was the first person to tell about his cancer. Right? Like, yeah, like, uh, what does that even mean? I, I i think my idea is that it's like uh, what I've heard on Reddit at the very least is that when you're on uh, like a crazy trip or whatever, like, okay, back when hit trackers used to be more of a thing, like people they'd pick up or the people who were hitchhiking, they always see these crazy stories from their guest because that guest never anticipated to see them again, right? You know, this is like one and done. So people would just admit to crazy things like, uh, I don't know, uh, being raped as a child or um, murdering somebody or doing who knows what, right? And it's kind of like when you have that complete anonymity and a bit of connection there, you, like, like if you're a dead man walking or in metaphorical dead man that you can never see this person, you might come clean about your your thoughts. You might yeah. feel like you can express them. Yeah. Walt goes up to get the key, uh, and then he
1: suddenly thinks about the broken plate and puts it back together and realizes there's a large, nice-shaped shard missing. Um, so he heads back downstairs, and Crazy Eight's standing there quietly. Uh, Walt tells him to turn around so he can unlock him. And then Walt hesitates for just a second, um, and Crazy Eight's just like, Come on, man! You can do it. Unlock it. Uh, then Walt grasps the lock. Uh, asks Crazy Eight if he's going to stab him with the shard, and then Crazy Eight like stabs backwards wildly, and Walt pulls hard on the lock uh, and strangles him. Crazy Eight's like flailing um, and stabs Walt once in the leg, uh, and then dies. And Walt is like crying and apologizing as Crazy Eight dies uh, mm. under his
0: under his strength. Yeah, that scene was super hard to watch. It was really, really hard to watch. It it almost reminds me of this idea that, like, one death is a tragedy, a million deaths is a statistic. Like, this is, like, that, like, full force here because it just felt so brutal. And part of it is the way they shot it, too. But it, it felt like what was literally killing someone there. And it, did. it really hurt. And you, you feel him just broken up about it, too.
1: Yeah, I, I've seen that scene three four maybe even five times now i still find it very disturbing and hard to watch Mm. yeah Um, let alone like the first time watching it it's it's brutal
0: Mm. which great job to the show for doing it in a way
1: that makes it really hard to
0: watch i love the scene where walt is literally putting the pieces together i mean it's a great writing ploy to have like the metaphor be incumbent with the plot device too You know, literally putting the pieces together of the plate and finding out this missing shard, and then it's like almost like he—he's been trying to find any reason not to kill him, and this is one where he just can't ignore this. You know, he can't ignore this one missing piece, and it it, it ties all together. And I
1: think you and I had a disagreement about this when we originally shot this because you were under the impression that Walt has a- always intended to kill crazy eight and was r- refusing to believe it until this moment. And my impression was he was always intending to let him go. And this changed his mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I
1: thought that was really interesting that we just like, we completely disagree about that hyper specific moment.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I- and I-, I think we both agree in least Walt wants to find a reason, but yeah. in my opinion, like he, he knows that piece is there, he knows it's missing somewhere in the back of his mind. It's just a matter of finding the piece, yeah. And all of this has been a you know a lengthy exercise in procrastination, Cause yeah. He would, because I, I think just as easy as he would have uh, um, uh, find a reason to kill him, he would have found a reason to keep him there and just kind of not do it, not, not and you go may- you made the point
1: originally that it goes back to that opening scene where they're talking about that missing one percent and like that Walt's trying to figure that out and that's kind yeah. of throughout this whole episode i mean this is your point i, I like, I like he, it <laughs> he's like he, this it, it's just the same idea continued forward to what's that missing piece why can't i find it searching mm-hmm. everywhere for it and not being able to find it, it ends up being and, and i think this we ended up like talking about like well is the missing piece that sharp piece of plate and what does that mean is that humanity is that ang- is that anger is that violence is that what's missing to walt is violence and that's what makes him whole mm-hmm. uh, i think it's a super
0: interesting um and i think it could go a different a,
1: a lot of different ways as a yeah. metaphor
0: that's kind of reminded me about our discussion there because it was super interesting. Because I think I think the thesis, or that's a little too pretentious. I, I think. the <laughs> – Oh, that stopped you. Yeah. But I think the idea was that uh, this episode was about more more about self discovery for Walt. You know, finding out who really was. And I, I think my my argument was that the beginning showed the real Walt as he really was. And then this was kind of descent back into more of his original personality. This was him finding that one percent of himself. He knows, mm. like he's been dealing with the matter. Now he's dealing with the soul. Yeah,
1: yeah. And and it's 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 all so interesting. I think there's a lot of discussion that can be had here, um, and and it's probably a little bit longer than than one of our episodes would would be able to contain. Um, so we we can't talk about all of it, but very, very interesting. Um, that and again, I say it every episode hats off to the show writers for like making a something that's really, really interesting and that you can this one tiny little thing connects to everything else and you don't realize it until that moment. and it it can just mean so much. Different things to different people. Like we can disagree, and we're cool with disagreeing about like we both feel that this came from different angles.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember like in these early episodes too. I really waited a lot to Walt, and uh, it's it's part of maybe me just projecting myself onto him, you know, Mm -hmm. because I might be thinking that myself. Again, Mm -hmm. not that I would want to put myself in that situation, but you know, when you're in that situation and you kind of come at it from his shoes, what would you do? And for me, that's kind of my thing. That's all you can really do, right? One one more really minor thing. I don't want to belabor this too much, but I think this is super interesting.
1: So the plate was there because it was Walt giving, like showing humanity, showing this niceness, this kindness, to, and this this humanity to this other person, Right. And that ends up being what causes violence towards him and pain for him in the future. Like his his acts of of like niceness of being being good became his undoing later on and what ended up needing to force him his hand towards violence. Hmm. Uh, if he had never given him the sandwich, would they would he have ended up letting him go? That's I guess where where my question boils down to. Hmm. Or was that his undoing?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of what, where to go with that because I can think of some ideas, but they're pretty abstract.
1: Yeah. I it, mean, it's all abstract.
0: Because what I think about a little bit is like theft is only bad if other people, like theft can only be a moral concept if the idea of property rights are in effect, right? Yeah. The, like if if nobody respects property rights, then there's no theft. It's just kind of like people just taking whatever. It's not good or bad. It's just kind of the natural state. Yeah. Thieves have to rely on people respecting property rights for them to be thieves. Like that. That's how they operate. You know, people have these concepts of properties, you know, delineations, and they kind of uh, exploit that. What this means here, I don't know exactly, but it's, it's almost like a crystallization, like water can't become ice without like a little crystal to form off of. And I feel like this is like the little crystal that's being formed. You know, mm-hmm. this is where it's kind of proliferating from. And it's ironically, maybe not the kindness. And I'm not sure if this metaphor is working at all, but that that's where I'm kind of thinking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, while Walt, it's denying this 1% is the soul in the in the beginning, And now he's crying and apologizing as he kills crazy eight and like i think that's him like finding that one percent of like the there is something more than just the chemical makeup of this person and he knows he's taking that one percent away the 99 percent, the physical body the chemistry is still gonna exist but that one percent is being taken away that's super super interesting
0: Mm. yeah yeah that's definitely the conundrum people had with the soul back in the day. Mm -hmm. Because what's the difference between a lifeless body and a moving body? Well, they're both the same thing materially, so it has Mm -hmm. to be some difference. That difference is the soul. Yeah. I think it's very instinctive. So then Jesse Jesse comes home uh,
1: and Crazy 8's gone from the basement. The bike lock is all that's left behind. Uh, So Jesse's like, oh shit, uh, he did it. Uh, The DEA uh, then come across the cook site in the desert where Walt and Jesse had been cooking and Hank and Gomez quickly put together a theory that a mobile meth lab caught fire and that the occupant sped off after putting out the fire. Um, however, Crazy 8's lowrider car has been left behind and Hank wonders why until he discovers meth hidden behind the stereo. Uh, then Walt parks his car on the shoulder of a freeway overpass, sits and resumes his flashback Discussing human, human chemistry with his lab partner. Um, so they kind of wrap up that whole scene and then he goes home and finds Skylar crying in the bathroom. Uh, he then informs her that there's something he needs to tell tell her, alluding to his lung cancer diagnosis and scene and hmm. episode. So, I mean, a lot of a lot of wrap up there, but it also sets the scene for the next the next set of dominoes to fall. The hmm. DEA is on their trail. Um, the Crazy Eight situation is done. But now now that Walt's admitted it to him, the illusion here is that he's going to admit it to his family.
0: Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it, it'll be interesting to see what he's going to do from that point on. Because, hmm. honestly, I forget what happens in these episodes later. <laughs> Not that we're trying to spoil them anyway. Yeah. But I'm just like, huh, is he going to come clean about this? or? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, Yeah. This also definitely had a lot of, like, uh, heavy moments. Uh, I think out of the three episodes, I think this is the, the, the best uh, mm. uh, that has come out. Not that the first is bad. The first is set up. Here we see, like, a big payoff and a big moment and see what the show is capable of. So, yeah, super interesting. I mean this this I think is a
1: massive jump from episode pilot episode. while afraid to hold a gun in a controlled environment, an unloaded gun to murdering somebody. Like that's this is that's about as far of a jump as as I can imagine, and and it to still logically makes sense. Like they did a good job progressing it, but also bridging a gap very quickly.
0: Mm. Mm. so i think we're getting on to the next episode uh we're doing all of them today by the way you know all the recaps so uh guess what we're gonna be tired at the end of this (laughs) (laughs) so if you love this reaction or discussion wherever it was you definitely should leave a like comment subscribe uh i think there's a patreon link somewhere there so you can get like stuff ahead of times that's how I'm intending it at the very least. So uh, just got to get that in place. But you guys have a great rest of your day. Thanks. Peace. I react, you react, we all react because it is a show that you watch with us called Breaking Bad on Peppin' Reacts.